Well, Joanna Penn is a New York Times and a USA best-selling author. She's a thriller author under the pen name J.F. Penn. She has sold over a half a million books in 72 countries and in five languages. She's one of the leading voices in the self-publishing movement, and her podcast and blog, The Creative Pen, have served as a starting point for many authors who are embarking on their own writing careers. She has an amazing report with a very large audience and is really considered one of the leaders in the online space in all things publishing. So I just want to welcome you, Joanna, to the podcast. We're so excited to have you at Live Your Dreams. So I'd love to just jump in and tell us a little bit about how your own journey started. I've heard, you know, this is like something I, I heard off the street, but that you <laughs> wanted to start writing as young as five, but you didn't write your first novel until 35. So I wondered if that was right, and uh, if you would tell us a little how you got how you got into writing at that at that age. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I yeah. really appreciate it. And secondly, I'm British. So if people are wondering what my accent is, that's yeah, what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening. Um, yeah. So, so I guess going back, you know, um, one of the earliest pictures my mum had, you know, back in the day when there wasn't so much, um, well, there was no digital photography. You know, I was sitting right. there with a pe with a pen, and you know, I I always was a reader you know, read a lot. And I always wanted to be a writer. Like it was, it's the way I expressed myself, always have expressed mm. myself. But the thought of being a, an author was a really big thing. So yeah. my mum taught English at school. I went to Oxford University and like being a writer was like you, either you win a Pulitzer or the Booker Prize or like if you're going to write, it has to be something like that's important yeah. to the world. Right. And so, yeah, so that really made me feel like that was not something I could do with my life. You know, as a responsible woman, I was going to get a, a job, a proper job, as they call it, and, yeah. a pay, you know, be able to buy a house and all those things. And I think that's probably the first thing, you know, because you talk about, you know, uh, design a, a life you love and that type mm -hmm. of thing. And I think when maybe when we don't know ourselves well enough, we fall into stuff that might be responsible or mm -hmm. things that our parents wanted or that wow. Society thinks is good for us, and so I ended up, you know, at, at 35 with um, a, a great consulting career, six-figure consulting career. Wow. You know, um, a house, an investment property, a car, all the things that you have, and then you think that that's the whole point. But I was miserable, and wow. there, there came a point where I was kind of crying at my day job, and mm. obviously. And what's, I mean, what's terrible, of course, I wasn't suffering in a big way. I had this great life, all the things you're meant to have. But I was like, what What am I doing? This is, I don't, I, I hate this. I hate my job. Wow. I'm miserable. You know, I had a, a lovely husband, but I just was like, I need something fulfilling to do with my life. Every, because mm, I worked in IT, so everything yeah. just, um, every, everything you do in IT disappears because, of course, there's always new technology. So right. everything you do is gone. And so I just was like, what shall I do? I know. I'll start write. I'll start writing a self help book. Wow. Uh, so, so that's basically what the the kind of moment was where I went. I've got to do something. So I, I was wow. reading a lot of self help. I was listening to a lot of audios, mm. mostly from Americans because Americans are great. At they, we love to we love to help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I was reading all these American books and I was like, yes, I'm going to change my life. And so I started writing a book which ended up, it's still available as, it's called Career Change. And I wrote that book and amusingly, it helped me change my life because what I learned was I learned about how to write a book, but also how to publish a book and how to market a book. So that's basically how I got started. Um, Okay, so you you wrote a book about changing your career as you were doing it. Well, no, no. I, I wrote the book about changing my career in a way to like try and find out how I could do it. And this is this is something I think wow. is true of many people who are naturally writers. You know, some people naturally draw things. Some people yeah. like to move and dance and mm-hmm. act. And, and writers, I think what I've discovered about myself is I don't really know what I think until I've written it down. <laughs> so That's really, so this good. this. Yeah, so this book was me trying to, to to find out how I could change my own career and figure yeah. out a process of what I thought. And by the end of that book, by the time I put it, I published it in um, 2007, 2008, uh, I had a process for changing my own life. <laughs> wow, I love that on so many levels. But I mean, but I guess that would really be something that would serve someone the most is somebody sort of actualizing it in experience and figuring it out as they're going. You know, it's not just theory. It's like this is this is actually what I what I what I'm doing and what I did. So. Yeah, and I think I think that's true with a lot of self-help. So I would say if people are reading a lot of self-help books, yep. the book the book I read at the time was The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Oh yeah, which is yeah, yeah which I came out. Uh, yeah, brilliant book and uh, came out in 2006. And okay. uh, the very first chapter, the very first principle is take 100% responsibility for your life. So essentially, where you end up is a result of the decisions you've made, wow. even if that decision is kind of a lack of a decision. And when I look back at my wow. life, I, I found that I had just kind of stayed in jobs that I didn't like because they paid well. And that, right. I think that's that's one of the sort of pervasive issues in our society is a lot of people, well, obviously there's people who haven't got great jobs, but there's also a lot of people who have what society thinks is a great job and right. yet are still miserable. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I think the vast majority, I, when you said that you were crying at your day job, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that is definitely the sentiment I'm sure that so many of us have had and may mm. have right now. But you're saying, so even through this book, so I mean, you, you have this storied career of writing book after book after this, but really the nucleus of, or the catalyst of that was your own discontent in where you mm-hmm. were at your present present life. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I've continued to do with my nonfiction. So as you mentioned, okay. I do fiction and yeah, nonfiction. nonfiction, but all my nonfiction books have been written as a way to articulate what I'm thinking. So the successful author mindset that I wrote last year yeah. was really, I got to a point where I was like, why does this stuff keep happening every time? Why am I crippled with, like I'd written yeah. 20 odd books by then. I was like, why am I still crippled with self-doubt? Why do I think I'm empty and can never write again? <laughs> why am I so disappointed when a book comes out? You know, all these things that wow. people don't tell you are true about the creative journey. Wow. So again, by writing by writing down so the things that happen, you can actually learn about them in a better way. So I'm sure some people listening or, you know, maybe you journal, maybe journaling is your mm-hmm. thing. I have, um, if you can see behind me, tons of yeah. journals um, from my, uh, since I was 15, I've been journaling. and But now I kind of try and, yeah. and I use some of those journal entries in my books, but trying to turn wow. what you think into things that can help other people. And I think that's a key with nonfiction. You have nonfiction books, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. it's about 
helping other people and often it has to come from your own journey like there's no point in writing something that you don't know anything about (laughs) yeah oh my goodness so true and so and I love that I mean that really shifts it into a whole other place of service thinking about your own personal struggles and so would you unpack a little bit Joanna for us what feeling of self-doubt has looked like for you? I, I know that I have wrestled with that and I love your thoughts on this subject. Yeah, well, I think what's interesting about self-doubt, it's really that feeling like, um, who am I to say this? Yeah. You know, how, you know, why, why is my writing so bad? You know, even if, yeah. even if you've published and it's, it's yeah. definitely wor- worse at the beginning when you haven't published or yeah. like, um, and I think it's very much related to fear. You yeah. know, what if people judge me? What if people think this is terrible? What if people think this is, you know, um, in somehow offensive or you know what if this flops what if nothing happens what if this is a failure so all these doubts come up in your head over and over again and um there's a a book uh, called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield which is fantastic but everyone should read that book and he talks about that and about um resistance and and also that resistance is strongest when you're really meant to be doing something so you know if you're if you've got that resistance about even some people who haven't yet got their writing process down some people will have resistance for even just sitting down and writing yeah um this is a huge one talk about it yes yeah (laughs) for new writers and it's like yeah so and and all that that self-doubt but but the main realization with self-doubt um unfortunately sorry everyone is that it never goes away so (laughs) i've sat in um you know with with writers who were in their 60s 70s with famous authors like Lee Charles still saying that they feel self-doubt every time they publish a book and so what you have to do the kind of the the antidote to self-doubt or the way to deal with it is realizing that the creative process has distinctive parts to it and self-doubt is one of them and in fact if you don't have any self-doubt you're probably delusional (laughs) about your own ability (laughs) this is going to be awesome everyone's going to love this I'm so amazing then probably you know you need some (laughs) self-doubt but um I think you know it's it's acknowledging that it happens it's writing it down it's not going on social media all the time going oh I'm just terrible you know that doesn't help um so you know putting it down and and then acknowledging it and then getting on with it anyway it's like the you know feel the fear and do it anyway type of thing I Mm. I love what you're saying though because you're right once you kind of have an understanding that it's part of the process that it's actually like a stage, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that has to just simply be walked through or pushed through. I think that does settle us a little bit to going, okay, what I'm feeling is very natural. This is just like, I'm about to jump out of a plane or I'm about to jump off a cliff. This is just very natural that I don't want to do this. You know? Yeah. And I think it's also really important uh, because there's this myth uh, that's come over the years that if you do sit down to write that magically what comes onto the page is this is perfection. And if you, yeah, if you think that you're going to struggle because it isn't and you have to sit down and write some, a lot of crap in order to kind of tidy it into something good later on and that's the editing process and I think Mm, other right you know new writers often feel 
um, sort of worried or depressed or full of doubt about the fact that they've sat down and they have this great idea and then what comes out their fingers is not what was in their head. And this is another truth of being a writer. It's like the finished product that you see on the shelf or on your Kindle or on your iBooks or whatever, that has been through edits. It's been through multiple drafts. The writer may have wrestled with it, um, you know, for a long, long time. Wow. Um, and and you have what you do as the first draft is very different to that final book. So I think that's another one of those realizations that for me, when I was a new writer, that mm. changed my life because I was wow. like, oh my goodness, that writers don't just sit down and it's amazing. You mean you can actually fix it? That's brilliant. Wow. So that's also something very powerful. That's so, that's so freeing. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, how many books have you written to date? Do you, can, can you even count? Can you even <laughs> Yeah, that? yeah. I've got 23 at the moment. 23 so. books. Everybody. Some of them are a bit shorter, but you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're um, yeah, 23 and that's fiction and nonfiction. Um, but, but this is the thing. And I think some people think that that's a lot of books, <laughs> but um, I went, uh, you know, coming back yes. to the journey, um, I left my day job in 2011. Okay. So I've been, and we're talking in 2017. Yeah, 2017. So I'm coming up on six years full time yep. being an author. So I'd only written three books when I left my job um, and was also making money from speaking and other yeah. things like that. Right. Um, but but now, you know, I make money from book sales. I make money from other things. Uh, yeah. But I think when you're it's very when you have a day job, you have to write in the edges of the day, yeah. as I think Tony Morrison said, but you know, I used to get up at five and write before work. And then I used to get home and I used to work on my blog and all of those things. And then wow. when I left my job, obviously I have more time. So, um, you know, I'm working a lot more hours. So I, I think when people think, Oh my goodness, you know, you've written a lot of books. It's like, well, you know, if you do work a full-time job on your writing, you can get a lot more you done. You can get a lot done. I, that's such a great point. I know. The other thing I want people to realize, um, you know, the so many myths about writing um, is that you write one book and then that book makes you a million dollars and then you can retire. And that's it. <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be amazing if that was exactly. true? Exactly. But actually, the truth is, you know, I got to sort of six figures US once I had um, over 20 books in wow. a you know so six so figures good. in a year um you need a number of books because it's like going into a shop if you go into a, a pie shop and there's only one pie uh you know you're not Great. as a as a pie lover going to buy more <laughs> pies because there aren't any more you need wow. lots of pies that's so good Joy. that's like <laughs> Sorry, the best not... metaphor I've ever heard for writing more than yes. one book <laughs> Sorry, that's quite it's quite no. British we like we like pies we like I think no I think that serves just as well over here <laughs> No, that's so good. So you kept going, building your repertoire and just and moving in between genres with nonfiction and fiction. How did that happen for you, Joanna? I think I, I started my blog, The Creative Pen, in December 2008. Okay. And um, I started because I didn't have any friends. Like, again, many people might find this. I, I didn't have any writer friends. <laughs> I had friends, but I didn't have anyone who was a writer. And I was living in Australia mm. at the time. There was a very vibrant community online in yeah. America, but I was in Australia. And I was like, how do I how do I meet these people? And how do I get a community of people around me? And so I started a blog. I started podcasting in 2009 yeah. and then in, in 2009 as I was interviewing people for my podcast I interviewed a guy about writer's block and I was like oh I don't have writer's block uh you know I know that it's a lack of research I know if you have writer's block you just need to research some more and then it will work and he's like yeah that's non-fiction but why aren't you writing fiction uh and I said oh well 
that's oh. because and then I realized I did have a block and it was around this Pulitzer Prize winning you know Booker Prize winning issue like I can't oh. write fiction unless it's gonna win a literary prize wow. and this is this is a very snobbish British thing I think but some people think it too you know in America okay. it's like um it, there's a hierarchy of of publishing and the books that yeah. that mean the most are yeah. like the ones that win prizes yes. you know yeah yeah that's so true right <laughs> exactly but I then realized I was like okay well that's mm. great but I don't actually read a lot of those books like I do read some prize winning books but most of the books I read when I go to my day job on the train when I'm commuting are fast-paced thrillers yeah. And I was like, I need to escape. And I then I was like, why don't I write a fast paced thriller? And, you know, I had this degree wow. in theology and Dan Brown at the time had come out with the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, da so Vinci I was like, right. yeah, do you know what? I'm going to write like religious thrillers like Dan Brown. And and that wow. was basically how I started. So I started writing um, fiction. I did NaNoWriMo. If people don't know, is National mm. Novel Writing Month, which is every November. And it's very oh. good. Yeah, it's excellent. And then, um, so I wrote, I wrote, started writing, took me about 15 months, that first book. First one. Okay. And then since then, I've got nine books in that Arcane series. And then I've got uh, a trilogy, a sort of London detective series. And then I've got some other standalones and I'm co-writing. And so I would say to people, if you're feeling that self-doubt around Mm. what you should write, take a look at your bookshelf like instead of what you should do which is what we talked about at the beginning like your job you should do this job and I had that saying you should write this you know um look at what you actually read and then maybe start with that and um what I now say to people is okay so you want to be a writer awesome do you want to uh you know win the Booker Prize or the Pulitzer Prize and sell a couple of thousand copies but win a prize or do you want to make a hundred like 150 million dollars like E.L. James with Fifty Shades of Grey wow yeah which one (laughs) Which one do you? <laughs> yeah, which one do you want? And now, of course, it doesn't have to be like the extremes, but it's do you want to, do you want readers to love your books and for you to make money, which is basically what happened with Fifty Shades of Grey? That's not going to win any literary prizes, nope, right? Not going to, but, nope. but yeah. people love it. People yeah. love that book yeah. and those books. And, and the, the prize winning book, not many people will read it, but someone will tell you you're a fantastic writer. Wow. So, you have to decide what your definition of success is. And then, and I decided, do you know what? My very first, um, you know, goal was to get myself out my day job. So I wanted to make enough money that I would get out my day job and have a great life because I like money. Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. just be clear. Those are, those are the top two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, I want to live a creative life, but I also like to travel, I like, yeah. like nice things. So I had to make a good living at, at doing that. And mm. and then what's so funny, as we talk, uh, I'm going to New York in a three weeks time where I'm um, nominated. I'm a finalist in a literary prize. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Joanna. That's awesome. So you got. Wow. So those were your so goals. But then you get. <laughs> Okay. And then I'll have both. <laughs> and you'll have both, but it wasn't what you were seeking. But that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So wow. um but it was um I've been nominated. Uh it's one of those like Oscar type ceremonies that's where you awesome. you sit on a table and then they open the envelope. But it yeah. but the oh, book okay. that I've been nominated for is called Destroyer of Worlds. It's um it's a thriller and it was my twelfth novel. So just to be clear, I've I've that become so... a much better writer. <laughs> wow, but isn't there's so much there's so much to extract from that story right there. I mean, so that was your 12th novel mm. and you became nominated for this 
enterprise. That's so powerful. Wow. Yeah. So I think, and that's another truth, you know, a lot of people slave over their first book, yeah. but it's like, it's like any mm. art or craft, craft or job, yes. you know, how good are you at any job in your first year, your first two years, your yeah. first five yeah. years? I mean, yeah. So now I've been, I've been an author for 10 years. I'm actually getting, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting good. <laughs> I'm on my way to New York to get a prize, but I'm just getting the hang of it. Oh my gosh. But that's the thing. People put so much pressure on that first book. Whereas yeah. actually, if they just got it out there, moved on, did the next book, you become a much better writer after you've wow. written enough words. Yes, you've written enough <laughs> words. You know, and I just want to insert a quick plug here for your blog because I love on how you've actually documented on your blog how it was your first year and your second year and your third year and you you really broke it down and it's so encouraging it's like kind of going back in time for a new author to go okay this is what what your first year looked like then your second year you really um just it's just such a, a blessing that part of your website so, oh thank you yeah, well and also that. if people if people are interested so I do that every year of kind of the author yeah. entrepreneur like the business but then I've also got a page the creativepen.com forward slash first novel which oh. I collected all my blog posts and videos from 2009 to 2011 which is hilarious because and I look back at them I go oh my goodness I can't believe I didn't <laughs> I know that and it's just embarrassing but I kept them all and it, talking about self-doubt I include a video that I put out the day I released my first novel and I'm almost crying I'm oh. almost like I cancelled my launch. I I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's really like wow. I'm like, oh poor me, you know, but <laughs> it, but it's important to know that I I've got over that over time. Wow. But that if I hadn't have put that book out there, I wouldn't be where I am today. So you just have to wow. yeah, get That's out there. So powerful. I'm so glad that you preserved that and then put that out there for the world to see because who knows how many people that you don't even know. That you have that's inspired them. So yeah, and that's I think a good reason for people to blog because you mm. forget who you were over time, and you forget the struggles that you went through um, to get where you are. And so you know, if you are a writer and you're writing things down, and you know, mm. I, I, but you definitely yeah. do not have to be blogging these days in order to do marketing or anything. But I find it very mm. useful to kind of look back at these things wow. and go. You, yeah. you know, that's that's who I was back then. And, and when yeah. I look at my publishing mm. processes or my writing habits, you know, I didn't have any of those things back then, but yeah. I just got, got started. You just you got know? started. That's such a, that is, su for anyone listening, I think you should really hear that inside Joanna's story that she just, just started. Even she was in a different country. She didn't maybe have all the contacts or people or resources, but she just waded into the waters of it. Even even writing into fiction when you didn't even know you were going to do that. Or, real quick, Joanne, tell us a little bit about your writing habits. You have to have a process. Um, I guess, you know, if people go to the gym or whatever, you don't feel like it, but yeah. you go because that's your that's what you do. What and you do. In, the, in the same way, I go to the cafe and I sit down and I'm like, okay, I have to do my 2,000 words and I do it. And sometimes you don't yeah. feel like it. But what's so interesting is you look back at your writing and it you can never tell the difference between the day that you felt like it and the day that you didn't feel like That's it but so you good. still 
did it anyway yeah. it's like the the if you sit down and you and you start working like you have to go to the blank page and start writing even though if you might be writing this is a load of crap uh, <laughs> um you know and I'm yeah. like oh if, if you're if you're writing you know just start with something simple you know Eileen walked into the room and then you can start with That's okay so, so describe Eileen describe the room what's she doing in the yeah. room you know wow. what who else is in the room and you know you can if you start asking so questions good. like this is more for fiction but yeah. you know or with non-fiction start with a question you know what is the problem that someone has and mm. and and go there and so yeah my writing process now is that I measure my life by what I create so every day I have to have creative time. So I normally have my mornings are creative. And that means putting either writing, editing, mm -hmm. new books or research, idea generation, that yeah. type. So creative time and then or going to the cafe and bashing out some words. Yeah. Um, and then in the afternoon, you know, like we're doing interview in my afternoon yeah. and um, uh, doing my blog, doing my podcast, mm -hmm. doing business stuff, like because I do run a business. And so I have to do all the admin stuff and email and so that goes in the afternoon and it can be so easy in our lives to get caught up in all the tiny things yeah. um, and forget that if you're a writer you have to write and that the most important thing is another book and you can't rest on the laurels of yesterday you know even if I win this prize it's like oh great I won that prize now get on with the next book <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, you yeah. know that's how if that's how you define your life then you have to keep moving forward but it, I wow. I guess we should come back to you know where we started I love my life now I absolutely mm. love what I do and I understand the process even though I still go through the roller coaster and I love writing I love publishing I love marketing and so I have found the life I love but only by taking those steps towards yeah. it and wow. then kind of pivoting along the way um yeah. and now I write more fiction than I do non-fiction so I've kind of changed that in okay. in a lot of ways you know so awesome. yeah I, I guess those, those are some things about my process everyone has their own process yeah. but the most most important thing is diarizing your time so that you 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 like okay this hour I'm in the cafe I'm writing um yeah. and like you would do for your gym class or your um meeting a, a friend or you know you have to take it that seriously you have to book yeah. time to create otherwise you just never will that is life-changing information what you just said right there and I just hope that everybody just to reiterate like what Joanna is saying is you you like you have to get it in your calendar what gets scheduled gets done so I love that you prioritize that you block it out and that is such a great takeaway for for all of us just to get started to design the life we want to live mm -hmm. the dream that we have in our heart to do so Joanna I can't thank you enough just for your wisdom and for your just how you're really mentoring us through this episode. I know that you do so much of that as well on your blog. But how can we, uh, you know, how can we not only read every one of your thrillers, but how can we just get in <laughs> touch with you and, you know, stay connected with you? 
Yes, so um, I have a podcast, the Creative Pen Podcast, so people can always find that on their podcatcher. And the website is thecreativepen.com, pen with a double N, and all my books and audio books and everything are there. And there's a free blueprint, um, which has everything about writing, publishing, book marketing at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. And that's probably the best place to start. start. Uh, Yeah, my thrillers are all at jfpen.com, F for Francis. Yes. Awesome. Oh my gosh. And Joanna, we are going to be praying like mad that you win this prize (laughs) in New York. And, uh, and again, we just really want to thank you for what you do and really just for how you took the, that step, whether it was at 35 or whatever age, you know, you, you really embodied courage and, and because you did that, now you're instilling courage in all of us. Oh, thanks for having me. 